worshiping together, and it is such a blessing to be here this morning. I want to just share with you a couple of firsts about today. Uh, and some of these are for you and me, and some of these are just particularly for me, but it is awesome to be here. It is my first time just in the church building in many months, and it, it was just great to come in here this morning. Secondly, of course, it is great for this very first Sunday that we are all together in church, whether you uh, were at the 9 o'clock service and maybe you're watching again uh, right now or you're here with us right now for the 11 o'clock service. It's great to be here in person. This is a first for me. This is the first time I'm ever going to be on camera, so that's a, that's a new one. The last one, though, is one that I'm kind of reluctant to share. But uh, as, as you can probably see, I'm starting to get a little older. And when you get a little older, sometimes, you know, things start to go. And so things like eyesight starts to go. So this is my backup today, my little pair of glasses. But I'm hoping not to need it because usually when I, when I prepare and print off my, my sermon, it's there for me. Um, but the last couple of times I've preached, I've noticed I've been going back and forth with the glasses. And so... Today is a first for me because I have greatly increased the size of the font on my sermon. It's a much longer sermon on paper, but don't worry. I think it's be about the same as I normally would do. So before we get underway, we're going to look into 1 Peter 1.13 through chapter 2, verse 3, and we want to see what Peter has to say for us, but let's pray first. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are with us this morning. I thank you for each one that is here. I thank you for each one that is watching online, and may you bless us together. We thank you for being here with us, Lord, and I pray now as we look into your word that we would be blessed, that we would hear from you, that your word would speak to us, that your spirit would illuminate it into our hearts. Bless us, Lord, this day. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, did you know that for the last few months, we have all been living a holy life. Everybody all around the world has been living a holy life. Now, I'm joking, of course, but in a, in a funny way, we have been living holy. And let me explain what I mean by that. When I saw the title of my message this morning, I chuckled a little bit because of what it sort of meant. What's a good biblical synopsis of being holy? Well, the first part of being holy is that we live a separate life. And of course, we've been doing that for months now. We've been living separately, two meters from each other. We live that separate life. Secondly, what's a way of showing that we are holy practically? Another way to do that is to wash your hands, to be holy. And of course, we've all been doing that, washing our hands, washing our hands. I've washed my hands three or four times already this morning. And, and they're just raw from all that washing and the hand sanitizer. It's just all over the place. It's great to see you all here today. Great to see you all. I'm sure we will eventually get used to this, this new normal of coming together for however long it lasts. But still, it's great to be back and it's great to be worshiping together. Today we continue on with our new series uh, Pastor Chris started this for us last week. It's entitled The Peter Perspective, and we're looking at First and Second Peter. He started uh, the message last week by looking at the living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We're going to move on from that today. Today we'll be looking at living holy and loving others. Living holy and loving others. Now, as a teacher, 
and a preacher, I, I usually prefer to pick my own topics for messages, but this one was given to me. Sometimes I'm a little bit of a rebel, and when I saw the passage this morning, and I, and I had it, and I saw the title, I went, well, we'll just see about that. I'm going to take this in a different direction, and I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to figure out what I want to do. But as I normally do, I read through the passage, I prayed over it, I researched it, I did all the research that I needed to do on the passage. And I have to say, whoever created the sermon series and put the title on this one, bang up job. It was exactly right as far as I'm concerned. We're going to go exactly through that. Living holy and loving others. That's what we're going to look at this morning. So we have a two-part message this morning. Why we, wish we should live a holy life. And secondly, how we should love others. So let's get into that this morning. Let's get right into chapter 1, verse 13. First of all, living holy. Peter gives us some great reasons to live a holy life. Some great reasons. For months now, we've been constantly given reasons why we should socially distance. Why we should maintain that two-meter distance between each other. We have a great example of that this morning. For the first Sunday we are back... We are distanced from each other. You see that as you came in. For those of you watching online, you may not see all the little spaces between everybody in the auditorium. We're doing our job to make sure that we can come here and worship safely. It's great. Peter starts us off here with good reasoning too. In verse 13, he tells us to set our hope. That is the same hope that Pastor Chris uh, spoke on last week. Set our hope. And what is it we set our hope on? Jesus Christ. We set our hope on Jesus Christ. Why do we do it? Because he is holy. Because he is holy. And he is our example. We live a holy life because Jesus did so for us. Now look at this other verse. Leviticus 11.45 talks to us about this. It says there, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. Peter quotes this verse here in verses 15 and 16. Now, thinking about that verse, hear what commentator Norman Hillier says about this verse. In that Old Testament context, we are told that God's demand for holiness in his people is based upon the fact that it is he who has redeemed them. God's historic rescue of his people from slavery at the Exodus foreshadowed his spiritual deliverance of them from sin. Jesus delivered us from sin. He lived a holy life, and he calls upon us to do the same, to live a holy life in the power of the Spirit who guides us, each of us, as Christians. So we should aim for a holy life. We should aim for a holy life because of the example Jesus sets for us. And the second reason that we should live that holy life is simply because of who we are. So who are we this morning? Now, let me share a little story. And every time I mention it to people, I always get one of two reactions. I share this story and people either chuckle and laugh or they look at me in sort of a a puzzled way. And so this is why. Now, my wife and I, my wife read the scripture for us this morning, and uh, we grew up in Ontario. 
We graduated from high school in 1987, me, 1988 for her. We graduated from grade 13. How many people here graduated from grade 13? Anyone? That's a perfect, complete zero from both services. My wife and I are the only ones that did that. There's a reason for it. It's a different province, of course. But we were the last group of people that graduated from grade 13. My wife graduated in 1988, and that was the last year in Ontario for grade 13. We ushered out that thing that they had for about 60 years in Ontario. We both have a SSHGG, SSHGD. That's something else that doesn't exist anymore. It's a secondary school honors graduation diploma. They got rid of that one too. So we have, my wife and I, we have a special place in the annals of history of Ontario with these things. So grade 13 was kind of a, it was kind of a unique year in high school. Uh, they would call it a preparatory year for university. So in 1986 and 87, when I did my, my grade 13 year, I prepared for university, and then I, in the fall of 1987, I went off to university. Now, shortly after uh, finishing high school, uh, I became a Christian, and um, that's, the story, uh, that's a story for another time. But just after high school, I became a Christian, and then I went off to university. And so sometime during that university time, I had an opportunity to come back to my high school. I don't remember if it was a reunion or what kind of event it was, but I went to my high school. And I remember walking into the gym, and I saw across the room one of my friends from high school. His name was Joe. And Joe saw me, and he came over, and he came, Hey, Ashley, how you doing? And he comes running over to me because he wants to talk to high school Ashley. He doesn't know anything about me or what has happened to me since I've left high school. So he comes and he's really excited and he comes talking to me and I could just see on his face as it dawns on him that this isn't the fellow he knew from high school anymore. I had changed. I had become a Christian. Why did his look on his face change? Because I was a foreigner now. I was a foreigner. I wasn't the person he knew from high school anymore. In verse 17, in 1 Peter, tells us to live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. Live out your time as foreigners in reverent fear. We live in the world, we participate in it, but the world does not define who we are. Not at all. It does not control us. Our relationship with Christ does. So what specifically does it mean to live as a foreigner? What does it mean to live a holy life in the strength of Christ? Now, verses 18 and 19 here give us a bit of a clue to this. Peter reminds us that perishable things like silver or gold, or in our, in our uh, vernacular today, money and possessions, that these things, they do not define us. They don't buy us holiness. They don't bring us closer to God. The priority is the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood of Christ. So we don't live in the world like it owns us. Do we have money? Yes, we do. Do we have possessions? Yes, we do. But we don't act 
like those things are the things that define our lives. We are foreigners in the world. We live holy lives because Jesus was our first example of that. He was our first example of that. And we live holy lives because we are foreigners in the world and our priority is Christ. Is Christ. So as we do this, again, in the power of Jesus Christ, what do we do? And Peter tells us, as we go on in the passage, Peter tells us, okay, live holy, but now what should we do with it? And that's the second part of our message this morning. Living holy and now loving others. So what do we do in these days? We are now in July of 2020, and 2020 has been, shall we say, an interesting year for all of us. It's very different. It's very different. What are we waiting for in these days of COVID-19 and uncertainty? A lot of us are waiting for a vaccine. Scientists and people all around the world are working feverishly to produce a vaccine, including people right here in Saskatchewan. I know that I'm excited about this. I'm excited about the prospect. But I know that some people are hesitant to take a vaccine, and some people have already said, I'm not going to take a vaccine. Others, like myself, may not benefit as much from a vaccine. I read an article a week or two ago about this, saying that people that are a little bit older and maybe immune-compromised, as I am, may not benefit as much from a vaccine. We just don't know. We just don't know what it will mean for us. The thing that many people are putting their entire hopes in may not be a 100% solution for us. We just don't know at this point. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. But I know that I can't say for certain, for 100%, this is going to work. Thankfully, though, as people of faith, there is something that we can put our faith and our trust in. And when Peter moves on to verse 22 of our passage... He reminds us of what we have been learning about in our first verses today. We are purified by obeying the truth. Not by that hand sanitizer that you put on this morning when you walked in the building. You are living holy due to God's grace in your life. And this is our response. I was so excited last week. Uh, when Pastor Chris uh, started this Peter Perspective sermon series for us, and he started talking about some Greek words, and if you know, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language, and he gave out some Greek there, and I loved that. I took a year of Greek at seminary and thought it was, uh, thought it was great. I wish I had done more. I really enjoyed it. But I will say I am not a Greek scholar. I am not an English scholar, really, for that matter, either. But when I read this verse here, it's so interesting what it means in the background. The word purified for us here means that this is a past action that has effects that lead into the future. A past action that has effects that lead into the future. Our acceptance of Christ as Savior has the consequence that his holy life is in us. We have been purified. And what is the result? The result of that is that we have sincere love for one another. Sincere love. We love one another deeply. And as Peter reminds us, that love is from the heart. The truth or reality of this sincerity 
uh, is seen a little bit as we look at where our heart lies in the book of Romans. Let me read a verse for us here. Romans 6.16. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one you obey, whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. We have free will. And we can choose to follow God or we can choose to follow the temptations of the devil. We can choose that. Follow God with obedience, with sincerity. And finally, we're going to move to our our last verses here in chapter 2, at the beginning of chapter 2. Now, in keeping with my story about, uh, about high school from earlier, I'd like to tell you about a bit of a rivalry that I have been going in and, and participating in for over 30 years now. This rivalry started at the beginning of grade 9, even though the person that the rivalry was with didn't even know about it. Back in grade 9, I bought a high school gym shirt, and I wore that for high school gym class for five years. Remember? Grade 13, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, five years of high school. I wore that gym shirt for five years. I wore it for two years. I put it underneath my football jersey for high school football. How many of you think that that t-shirt came out just, just smelling like roses by the end of high school? It was a small t-shirt. I've gained a <clears throat> slight bit of weight since high school. And it's ratty and it was old, but that t-shirt had so many memories for me. And I kept it. I kept it as I moved on in life. I married my wife and I kept it and she saw it and she thought it was one of the most ugliest things she'd ever seen. And she tried to get rid of it on me. I wanted to keep that thing. It had sentimental value to me. She tried to get rid of it a number of times. In fact, I think I even found it once in the garbage. And I retrieved it and I put it into the back of my my drawers and my dresser so that she couldn't get at it. And eventually I decided I needed to hide this thing from her so she couldn't get rid of it on me anymore. And I would put it in boxes and those boxes would go away somewhere. And, And eventually the problem with that when you start doing things like that, is you kind of lose touch of it. I haven't seen that t-shirt for years. I think it's somewhere in my house, in a box, maybe in the basement, on somewhere, a rafter. I just don't know. I don't know where it is. She may have won. My wife may have won that rivalry, but I just don't know. Probably at some point in the future, we'll you know, declutter and get rid of a few boxes, and I'll be so excited because I'll have found that T-shirt again. But I just don't know. I don't know where that, where that T-shirt is anymore. In a weird way, though, what my wife was trying to do by getting rid of it is kind of what Peter is talking to us about. Because Peter tells us to do that type of stuff. Chapter 2, verse 1, tells us to rid ourselves, or literally to put off a bunch of things just like my wife was trying to get rid of that t-shirt on me. But instead of a t-shirt here, Peter gives a laundry list of ills of the human heart. Listen to what he says there. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. To live holy means we are to love sincerely. And now Peter shares that to love sincerely means we are to love steadily. Live holy, sincerely, 
and now steadily. And that means not to fall back into the trap of these things in verse 1. Instead, what we do is we replace them with the pure spiritual milk that is mentioned here in verse number 2. Now, it's interesting, when, when Peter says that pure spiritual milk, we can deduct from that, um, from the context of, of the passage that we're in, that what Peter is getting at is he's talking about the life-altering Word of God from chapter 1, verses 23 to 25. So the result of learning the Word of God, of obeying the Word of God, of applying the Word of God in your life, is growth. If you remember what uh, Sharon was sharing about earlier in the service when she shared about um, um, what, where have you come from and what is in your life, we need to do more than just simply show up to a church service. We need to have growth. That's what Sharon was talking to us about earlier and it uh, just touched me when she shared it. Peter here puts a nice bow on the present for us when we move on to verse 3. He tells us in verse 3 that all the sincere love, all the steady love comes because what? You have tasted that the Lord is good. You have tasted that the Lord is good. Everything we have talked about this morning only comes because of the precious blood of Christ that Peter mentioned back in uh, verse 19 of chapter 1. We don't live holy lives on our own. We do it because Jesus was an example and is an example of holiness for us. We do it because we realize that this is not our world. We are foreigners in it as Christians. We do it to show love to others, not superficially, but sincerely. And we do it to show love to others consistently, steadily, not just when it might be convenient for us in our stage of life that we are at. Peter finishes our passage today, I've said, by tasting that the Lord is good. He says that, and he's not just, he's not just you know, throwing words out there. He's taking this specifically from an Old Testament verse. Psalm 34, 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. So as you leave here this morning, I ask if you are taking refuge in God. If you are following the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, you may say this morning, yes, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But are you following him as Lord? As Sharon mentioned earlier, there has to be more to, the, to your life than that. There has to be more than just simply doing some things. There has to be growth within your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what will cause you to live a holy life. This is what will cause you to love others. This is the Peter's perspective that we are going to be hearing about this summer. And I hope that uh, as we go on in this summer that you would be encouraged to continue to read through First and Second Peter and see what Peter has to say about how we live our lives. There's many more weeks to come, but as we looked at this morning... We are to live holy as Jesus did, and we are to love others because of that example that Jesus gives us. And I hope that you will gain a perspective on the scripture that will help you follow Jesus Christ more closely this morning. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for guiding us. 
for helping us to understand your love for us. Bless us as we go from here, Lord. We thank you for allowing us to to come physically or to come online to come and worship you and hear from your word. Bless us, Lord. We praise you. We thank you for being here with us. And we offer our sacrifice to you this morning. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all.